Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Melita Thomas discuss how you can effectively use technology in your kids ministry. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. Welcome back to the podcast studio. I am excited today to welcome our guest, Melita Thomas. Melita is a kids ministry specialist here at Lifeway. She has some uh, responsibilities, or she has a lot of responsibilities with Vacation Bible School, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk today about using technology in kids ministry. Now, um, I am at the very end of the baby boomers. Melita is the very beginning of the millennials. Mm -hmm. So I needed Melita to come in here and have this conversation (laughs) with me because I'm still trying to figure out my my flip phone, right? (laughs) (laughs) And Melita is pushing me into this whole new idea of of technology in kids' ministry. Where in the world does that come from? Well, at the end of the day, it's probably not as bleak as I just presented it. I I get it. (laughs) I do have my computer in my back pocket all the time. I do have my laptop. I have even moved over to Apple um, uh, and, and MacBook. But... How does that play out in kids' ministry? How does how, how does that look in kids' ministry? Uh, I, I'm convinced that we have to see technology as a tool, one of many, to enhance our ministry. So we can't let that substitute relationships. Right. Melita, thank you for being here today and helping me. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll holler down the hall, Melita, help me. I can't get something done. And you come right over and you say, Google it, dummy. <laughs> no, you never have said that. But you, you recognize that this thing is a tool that we can use. It is. And, and I think you've illustrated quite well that there's often a generation gap between those who are teaching and the ones we're teaching. Right. And so for our kids, these are all digital natives. Oh, sure. For good or for bad, and however we may personally feel about it, they do not know a world without the internet or without no. smartphones. No. And and they're the ones who when they ask the question and you say, Well, I don't know, they say, Well, Google it. Exactly. You know, so they have a different kind of expectation even about how quickly we can find an answer or react to an I used to be able to say, Well, let me get back to you next week. About right. that. And now they want it, you know, instantly. Right. That doesn't make sense to them. Uh, no, it doesn't. I think it's funny, too, how quickly technology advances. Oh, yeah. Because here I am in, in my mid, I like to claim mid, not late, uh, 50s. Absolutely. And um, I remember when it all started. Mm-hmm. You know, in my ministry to kids, I, I'm, I'm going on 30 years into this thing. We didn't have any technology, really. I mean, we were... St- I, I, I remember when we used to dial up mm-hmm. uh, to get on the internet, right. and my nephews, my older nephews who are in their um, uh, mid twenties now, used to say, "Uncle Bill, you're so dial up," <laughs> you know. And now, when I say that to my younger nephews, they go, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I remember when we would get online, and it sounded like you were riding a tractor. <laughs> Before you could ever even get online. <laughs> so this thing, technology, is is constantly changing. It is. I see um, maybe two 
ways to 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 to, to categorize this thing. Mm-hmm. Ministering uh, relationships, building relationships with kids and families through technology and social media and all that, and then bringing it into the classroom. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about how you can use technology to build relationships with boys and girls and their families. Absolutely. Well, I think social media has really revolutionized the way that we connect to one another. Uh, in good ways and bad ways. Uh, sure. Some of the stats that we have, have recently uncovered um, help us to see that this generation of kids is the loneliest generation mm-hmm. that we've ever seen because they're, they're connected digitally to one another, but they're not connected interpersonally. Right. And so there's, there's a crisis that's happening there, and so we need to be aware these, of that. They, they have all these... I don't want to say digital friends. They have all these online social media friends, but no, perhaps no real relationships. Right. They would rather just, you know, uh, text one another or Snapchat one another than actually be together and do Mm -hmm. something. They're not going outside and playing. And so that comes into the, into the classroom. So that's the, the kind of the, the bad side of it, the con, but here's the pro. There's nothing that is easier than building a relationship with the families in your ministry than by being their friend on social media. Mm-hmm. Because then you see when the soccer game is happening. Exactly. You know when the school play is coming. And so you have a, an opportunity to connect with them in a different way. I, oh, I saw that you, you know, I saw that you got the game ball uh-huh. on Saturday. Tell me about that. At, oh, that's so great. Um, I remember when and even maybe like last week when I was asking a family, <laughs> could you send me the the um, your your schedule for for your mm-hmm. baseball schedule so I could maybe cut? Well, you don't have to do. Yeah, now you don't have to wait and have a piece of paper with a schedule. One, they can send you immediately the schedule, or two, you can kind of be aware right. by friending on social media of what's going on. Right, that, it's a great good. it's a great way to to get to know your kids and really to connect with their families. And it's also a great way to help a parent feel like they are part of what's happening at church when they're not with their child. Because now all of a sudden, you know, we're all carrying around high grade photography equipment mm-hmm. in our back pockets or in our purses because we were all carrying our, our phones around with these fabulous cameras on them. So we're taking pictures of things that are happening behind closed doors in the classroom. And how easy is it then to shoot that in a text right. to mom and dad or to capture something like um, a block creation or, or a puzzle? Your child was so excited because they worked this 150-piece puzzle by themselves mm-hmm. and wanted you to see. I think so you have this opportunity just not just to share the image, but then as a way of equipping the parent to continue to have a conversation right with their child. Because then you, you say, look, look what happened today, and then feeding them some questions to ask or some information that helps them, again, continue the conversation. These are all principles and ideas that we've had for years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not that we've not been connecting with parents. It's not that we don't think we ought to. I mean, we've been doing that for years, but now we don't have to take it to the drugstore and have it developed. Right. Or we, ha- or now we don't have to buy a camera that spits it out and we fan it back and mm-hmm. forth so that it, and then go, look, we have it digitally. We have it 
instantly. We can do things with it we've never been able to do with it. So it's not that it's a new idea so much as it's enhancing these ways of connecting with Sure has made it easier. It sure has. And so I I, I challenge people oftentimes don't see it as a new tool or as a new method, but as an enhancement to old methods. Absolutely. You know, enhancing those methods. I'll tell you one thing that I have found a lot of success in in my classroom personally is I teach kindergartners Mm -hmm. and uh, the curriculum we use is Bible Studies for Life, but this is true of all three of LifeWay's ongoing Sunday school curricula. So Explore the Bible, Bible Studies for Life, Gospel Project, all of them have on either their CD-ROM or as part of their curriculum, uh, weekly letters to parents or emails to parents so or to tweets to parents, Facebook posts. You can, just you can put it anywhere paste. and copy paste. And so at the beginning of the quarter, I take my CD-ROM and I pull that file off, and then I have a weekly email to parents that I go ahead and schedule out. Mm-hmm. And so it sends it automatically for me, and it takes me, you know, 15 minutes to do it at the beginning of the quarter, and, and then I'm done. done. Yep, and they send, sends it all for me. I have it sent out. Just a, a little brief summary of this was the, the Bible story for the day, a couple of sentences about the Bible story. It gives you the reference, gives you the verse, and then there's usually a think about it for parents so that they are able to maybe challenge what they have been thinking uh, or, or, or a challenge for them about something to think about what God might be saying through this Bible right. story. But then it's a it's something to do between parent and child. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require a trip to Michael's or Joanne's or Hobby Lobby. It's something <laughs> you've already got in your house, or it's some questions to ask your child or some way of engaging with the content. And I've scheduled mine to send out at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning every week. Oh, cool. And so they've got it even before they get to to church. And I can't tell you the number of dads, especially, who have come to me and said, thanks for sending that. I mean, I have this now. You know, my email comes to my phone. And so when I pick up my kid and I say, what'd you learn about today? And they say, Jesus. I say, no, you didn't. I think <laughs> you learned about Moses yeah. <laughs> and how he, how God gave some rules to people. Do you remember? Yeah. You know, so they're equipped then to and have a conversation. Yeah. Right. And equipped. then even when they go, you know, and are waiting in, uh, waiting for a table at the restaurant after church, they've got something to talk about. So right. there's a, there's a tool there in their arsenal. I think arsenal. we anticipate or we expect parents to, to, reinforce biblical content or but we've not we fail to share with them what that biblical content is and i and and we and again we've been doing this for years we've been sending the take home page or we've right. been trying to give them something but this has enhanced that mm-hmm. to something that maybe be a may be a little more relevant to today's parents right than my parents um back in the dark ages. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, there are some cautions that go yes, along with I it. To, I know that you've done some work with that. Talk to us a little bit about, we know we're going to use this technology or we're, we're going to try to use this technology to connect with families and help families connect with mm-hmm. their kids. But what are some cautions that we need to be aware well, of? you got to be really careful that in sending them stuff, you avoid over sending. Oh, yes. <laughs> As, you know, once a week is fine. Uh, if it's more than that, they may start tuning out right. pretty quickly. They're not going to open it. They're going to figure out this isn't, you know, isn't helpful information to me. So it automatically goes in the trash can. So uh, first, make sure what you're doing is quality. Right. <laughs> don't don't do too much, but don't overload them because 
Um, we're all too busy. And if Absolutely. I start getting an email every day or two or three from you or your organization, I'm swiping yep. to the trash. Yep, absolutely. And the other thing is to watch out for length because there's another way to, to kill your effectiveness. If you're writing tomes, mm-hmm. people are not going to read it. But right. if you stick to bullet point lists or you know, think about two paragraphs or less, you know, keeping it short and sweet, then the likelihood of somebody actually reading it, taking the time to read it all the way through, and then to use it mm-hmm. is a lot higher. Good. That's a good word. Uh, you also want to make sure uh, that you keep in mind that there are some things just based on the nature of electronic communication that don't translate the way that interpersonal communication works. You know, email is a very poor form of communication for things other than just information because you can't interpret body language. Right. You don't you can't interpret the tone of voice that's being used and so it's easy to misread things, especially if um, it were a serious conversation or mm-hmm. if or if there were a need to have a one on one. Right. You I really need to do that one on one. I think it could be appropriate to to say in an email I want to make you aware of maybe something that happened today and we need to talk. Talk, yeah. Let's schedule an appointment. But to talk it out over an email can be a little Mm -hmm. bit dangerous. It can, yeah, absolutely, because it's very easy to misread. And it's also very easy then to have information circulated that you didn't intend to. Because once you send it, you have no control over who that person then sends it to. Mm -hmm. So after it goes out from you... You're sunk. So you've got to be real careful about that. You also need to be very careful um, when this one, you know, we're still talking mostly with parents, but it may also uh, impact uh, minors. If they're ever in a situation where you are are communicating with a minor, so that's 18 or under, that may very well impact um, students who are working as volunteers in your room or students who are helping with child care in your ministry, uh, being very sensitive that minors, there's a different standard there that we need to to begin to, to to put into practice some precautions there. So what like what? Well, so like in a real world, you know, we usually use the rule of thumb of having two people, two adults in the room with a with a minor, right? We're never going right. to be one-on-one with a child, and I'm going to extend that to minor because you really right. shouldn't be either. Uh, so having that other adult in the room really saves a lot of headache down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think that whatever is true in the real world is also true in the digital world. I think it's just good practice. So copying in another adult in any kind of electronic communication. So if that's a, a teenager who's volunteering, you need to have another adult leader in on the I text or in on the email. Or and I would even say, make sure you didn't just blind carbon copy. You up front with right. it. You know, yep. everybody knows plain. there's two in the room or two in this email yep. or two in this text or whatever mm-hmm. it, it might be. Um, with kids, um, maybe we're not texting kids, but our preteens, more and more, I'm a third grade teacher and I'm beginning to see third graders with devices. Um, uh, and you don't have to have a phone to get a text. You right. know, you can just have an iCloud uh, email address or something and you can get, get a hold of and we just need to, that's that's good advice. Two in a room, two in a text, two yep. in social media. That just, I've often said, and this isn't about, uh, um, this isn't about safety and security, but I've also say, often said it doesn't take one incident. It only takes one accusation. Absolutely. And we need to take the preventative 
prevention is the preferred strategy. Absolutely. So be, be careful. Let's take a quick break. It's Michael, the producer of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Many of you are right now in the middle of planning for your VBS or other summer event. Mark your calendars because Lifeway Kids is revealing our 2020 VBS theme on June 5th. And we want you to join the party live. Find Lifeway VBS on Facebook and RSVP to the Theme Reveal Watch Party. Don't miss the big reveal and be the first to know the 2020 Lifeway VBS theme. Now back to our conversation with Bill and Melita. All right, so we recognize that there's ways that we can use technology to connect. Um, but what about the classroom? What, what's going on there? I fully believe that when kids are in church, they should receive personalized attention from a living, breathing adult. I Amen. don't think anything, <laughs> nothing, including technology, should take the place of one-on-one interaction between teachers and kids. Mm-hmm. That said... I think technology brings some great tools to teaching the Bible. I'm not looking for technology to motivate kids, but what I want and I think we can do is use technology to involve kids and to to help kids have opportunities for learning God's Word, and I think there's a big difference. What are some ways you can bring technology into the classroom. Now, none of us have unlimited budgets that are going to allow us to put smart boards all over our church and and all these but what are some simple things that you can do to enhance Bible learning in the classroom? Sure. Well, the first one we kind of already mentioned, I mean, digital pictures go a long way, not just in sharing them with with a parent, but allowing the kids to document things that happen or, you know, or to invite when is it when do we want to have a picture taken because we want to record this memory and the kids want it just as much as mom and dad do. Mm-hmm. And so having them um, be part of that process, even letting them taking take the pictures. I mean, they're photo scavenger oh, cool. hunts. You could have things hidden in the room and they don't go and, you know, find it and bring it back to you, but they go and document it mm-hmm. on their phone as the picture. That's a great way to do it. Or you can even use um, in uh, some settings, younger settings, where the teacher has her phone right. that uses this. So we go around as a team and document these yeah, things. Yeah, we've even done, you know, uh, you know, there's always, I think, once, at least once a quarter, there's some kind of little field trip that's written into my curriculum. Mm-hmm. We're going to go visit the baptistry or we're going to go walk through the halls and watch for people who are praying and just observe and so now you have a way to record that when you get back to your classroom you can talk about them as you review those pictures together so even things where you have to be quiet out in the hall Uh, so that's a great one Um, presentations uh, presentation software like PowerPoint or or Keynote or or ProPresenter whatever is already wired up in your classroom or is available on your laptop kids can work together in small groups to kind of create presentation and you know they're doing that in school yeah so for us to think that that would be be um something they're not accustomed to is kind of silly because they're doing that on their own in Mm -hmm. schools they're creating their own presentations Mm -hmm. so we need to bring that into the we can easily bring that Mm -hmm. into the classroom i even love using pinterest with my preteens for us when we're starting to think about you know we're going to do a class um, mission action project Mm -hmm. and i want everybody to go this week and look on Pinterest and pin it to this shared board that we have. And then everybody's contributed ideas. And then when we come back together next Wednesday night, we're going to look at all these and pick the one that we want to do. 
this quarter. And so they're contributing ideas, again, using technology to be part of the process. And we can do that at times when we're not at church mm-hmm. and then have something where all the all the research has been done ahead of time. So that's, that's a good one, too. Uh, music videos. Goodness, it seems like every curricula out there has some sort of lyric video, music video, choreography video, but using those rather than just playing the CD. Right. You know, can really gain the attention of a child mm-hmm. who's used to seeing everything sometimes delivered that comes in electronically. DVDs, sometimes that's downloadable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's already on YouTube. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and even even then uh, things like, you know, using the voice record, the voice memo on your phone is fun too. You know, we always used to try to record on a on a uh, cassette, cassette tape. <laughs> and you know what? If you bring that out, that still is technology. And, that and is that's technology. a new technology to these kids. <laughs> to these it's kids. A, it's kind of cool. I uh-huh. mean, I don't know if you can still buy those kinds of things, but I still have a, mm-hmm. a, a cassette recorder. And I think the kids would think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. But you have one in your back pocket too. Absolutely. And so f- for, um, for, retelling a Bible story or for uh, Bible memorization, having them say the verse into that, have it recorded and played back, that can be fun mm-hmm. and it can be a, a great way to, to make a memory in the classroom. Now, uh, QR codes is something else, and that's either a love them or hate them kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but a lot of phones, you can download the, a free QR reader and you can uh, use them to put in prepared answers ahead of time and so kids can use their phone to scan the code and then find out what the correct answer is. So that's more of a, a kind of a, an updated Jeopardy game right. almost, which can be a, a whole lot of fun. And then uh, also with older teens, again, you would want to make sure that parents are involved in at least giving consent for their child texting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, texting their teachers. But it can be a lot of um, a fun and can also be a great way to have some pretty serious, honest conversations if you allow kids to text their answers back or to text their thought about something rather than to raise their hand and share in front of everyone. Yeah. A lot of times they'll be a lot more open that way. But and I've so. even used that as uh, with my, with teachers in groups of kids, and the kids are telling the teacher what to text. Oh, um, I like and it. And even text like true or false. Mm-hmm. So you're having true or false questions, and they text. And the first one that I get the I get the text from is the one who gets the points or whatever. So just little things like that. Mm-hmm. Apps are out there that can be helpful too. Just even sound effect apps mm-hmm. and or, or timers or any. Or spinners. Everybody, it's horrible making spinners (laughs) with the paperclip. But there's free spinners online. Mm -hmm. Then the kids just use their finger to spin to go three three spaces or whatever. Just enhancing some of Mm -hmm. the things we've already done. I think if you're using technology to entertain kids, then shame on you. Exactly. But if you're (laughs) using technology to teach kids God's word, then hallelujah and blessings, and may your tribe increase. <laughs> um, thank you, Melita, for helping us understand a little bit more about how we can strategically use technology to in our kids' ministry, both uh, connecting and in teaching situations. I think there's a lot here to be thinking about. I think that it's not as expensive and complicated as we, we kind of want to make it out to be. Um, and um, 
again, thank you for coming to my rescue several times to help me with technology oh. at my desk. <laughs> and my pleasure. <laughs> yes. And thank you for listening to us today and look forward to the next time that Melita's in the podcast room with us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find more podcasts, blog posts, and other resources at kidsministry101.com. We'll see you back here next week on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.